Welcome everyone to another Lunch and Learn for Harmony Voices. I'm so excited today to be speaking with Vanessa Jameson. Vanessa, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. You are currently the uh, president of the board for Harmony Voices. And so before we kind of dive into our conversation about developing future leaders and mentorship and things like that, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how you got involved with Harmony Voices. Well, I've known Alicia for um, many, many years. We won't even say how many, but her vision and her dream has been part of the passion that has made me want to be engaged and involved in her many voices. And for years, her vision has been there. And so I said, okay, I'm going to step up and help. So that's why I became involved with her many voices, because I believe in what they're doing and the importance of what they're doing throughout the world. You know, what I'm also hearing you say, Vanessa, and I love this, is that you're also committed to Alicia and are so impressed with her personally Mm -hmm. and her commitment and vision and passion. And I completely agree with you. I think a lot of people involved with her many voices are for that reason as well. Yes. Yes. Well, it's, it's about leadership and it falls perfectly in what we're going to be talking about. It's the ones who have the vision and the ones who really want to do something. And that's what's important. Yeah, that's wonderful. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself now? Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Verna. I kind of jumped right over that, didn't I? I I love it. It's it's perfect. I'm still trying to figure out this camera angle, so so please (laughs) forgive me. Um, My name is Vanessa Blacknall Jameson, and I have... uh, Oh, my goodness. I am here in Denver, Colorado. I've been here since I was eight years old. And uh, this is my passion and my love is aviation. And I've been involved in the industry forever. But I've learned to diversify all of my thoughts and ideas being surrounded by beautiful thought leaders. And that's what I think of uh, Alicia and the team. And of course, meeting you, Myrna, just recently with your beautiful involvement and all the things that you do in that space that I love too, in space and your ventures. So it's been a real journey for me to be a part of all of this. And uh, again, expanding my horizons and learning. Um, but I'm with the Federal Aviation Administration. I'm a change management advisor and leadership coach. I was the previous chair of the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals. And now I'm on the board of advisors for them. I'm involved with many organizations doing a lot of volunteer work and mentoring. So That's wonderful. And one thing, yes, I was so pleased to meet you uh, at the Wings Over the Rockies yes. launch party for the PBS show that I was co-hosting called Behind the Wings. That was awesome. Thank you. And so I understand that as the chairman of the board of the advisors for OBAP, the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals, yes. you were the first woman chair. Right? Yes. Yes. Is a is a very big deal. And you know what I love about that? It's not about you being an African American woman. You're not no. the first African American, you're the first woman chair. Yes. Yes. It's a distinction. I think it's an important distinction. Yes. It is. Um 
I, well, I look at the organization. So the organization says who it is, but as the first woman and truly the first non-pilot right, to right, right. run the, non the organization, person, yeah. exactly. The and that was a that was an exciting opportunity. That says so much about you as a leader Thank and you. who you are, you know. Um, so yeah, that's great. I know that um, you. I know you were with United Airlines for about twenty years, right? And yes. now you've been with the FAA yeah. for thirteen years. Yes. Um, and those roles, you know, to be actually called a change advisor and a leadership coach within an organization as as large and influential as the FAA. That's a really impressive thing. How did it come about? How did you end up in this role? Oh, that's a pretty interesting story. Um, actually, I joined United. Um, I left United in 2008 and I joined the FAA in 2009. And um, as part of that uh, experience, I was an aviation safety inspector. And I knew that the, being an inspector was a whole introduction to another world and becoming an inspector, but I knew that there was something missing. And I met a beautiful lady in a leadership development program, one of the few that have been successful for me, I have to mention that. Um, but I met a lady by the name of Becky Ramsey and she became my coach. And I said, I wanna do what you do. And actually they were standing up the leadership development branch. And so I was one of the first individuals involved in the branch almost six, seven years ago. And it has evolved in me continuing my coaching journey, but also now being involved in change management. So in, in people, uh, change management is about people. And so it just fits perfectly with the things that I want to do in my life. Well, and I, I love that you mentioned a mentor and, mm -hmm. and how that ties to leadership. Mm -hmm. Could you say more about that? Like I say a lot about it. Um, it is so important for all of us to give back and be mentors in some capacity. I don't care what it is, even if it's just um, helping a child to learn how to um, navigate high school, you're still mentoring or mm -hmm. navigating something that's new and different. We have the experience. So if we don't share those experiences and help individuals determine their best, best path, then I think we're doing a disservice. But also for me, mentoring is, is so essential in everything that we do. Um, as a matter of fact, we attended a dinner at the, the Blind Institute of Technology on Saturday, and we I met some of the most phenomenal young people at that table. And I've already connected with two of them. And my goal is to mentor them in some capacity. I don't know what I can offer at this time, Myrna, but it's just what's important for us to give back and to help and help them because they are truly a cliche, but they are our future. So we have to make sure that we're invested in them. Yeah. All cliches are that because they are true, right? Every cliche is a cliche because it's truth. Um, I, you know, the way you phrased that made me think of um, it's so easy to become a mentor uh, because really it's just having our eyes open to see the people around us who might need help, who yes. might need something. And yes. we know we can fill that, even if, if it's something very simple. It That's probably right. means a lot to them, you know. Right. Um, and so so it's kind of, it's easy. It's really easy to do that. Um, one thing you said 
on your Aviate podcast was okay. that really struck me was that the mentors don't have to look like us. I no. think that that's really powerful for me, even, you know, for us to think about that, because it's true. Um, people of all ages, all like you said, you know, there's mm -hmm. these young people, but they don't necessarily look like you. I, I love thinking that through and, and being aware of that. I think I've had the idea that my mentors needed to be women. I mean, yeah. I just wanted them to be women. And yeah. it's not even true. No, it's not. Yeah. I think, and I think we have to get past that because as, as adults, I'll, I'll use that as adults, it's so important for us to understand that a young man or a young woman, their needs may be a little bit different, but the conversation may be the same in whatever they're trying to achieve or accomplish. So it's just a matter of listening and understanding what their desires are and then help them navigate because, you know, what, and, and you asked me this and I, did, and I just thought about it, Myrna. Um, I didn't have mentors. I, my mother was my mentor, right? She, she ensured that whatever I needed, she was there to give me that support. Many people talk the talk, but it's walking it. And that's what becomes important. And so mentoring that's why I place so much value on it, whether it's men, whether it's women, it's just being able to lend that ear and help them navigate that journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with the power of listening, um, you know, I, I think the older I get, the more I realize that there really is so much miscommunication in the world, right? Yes. And we're not really listening often. We're planning our next question or, you know, but, and part of that is in order to not have misunderstandings, we have to not assume, right? I Correct. think often we listen and we think we understand and then we move on, but we actually didn't even understand what was being said. Right. We're too busy prob solving, problem solving and solving the problem. That's what yeah. we do. It's, it's innate in us to have a solution. But instead, if we come in, this is part of coaching, but if you come in and you really listen, you now have gained a real asset because now you're really into your present with the individual that you're talking to. So you really are engaged. Yeah. And if we could take out our biases and our judgments and all the other things associated when we see someone it's so important to just be there in that moment, in that space with them. And you'd be surprised what we can learn, what we can gain from that conversation. But it's hard to do. It takes practice. It really yeah. does. And it's another good point that, that we're learning, mentors are learning from the, the mentees as well all the yes. time. We're always, if we're open-minded yes. and open-hearted, we're always learning from everyone. We can anyway. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it, because, you know, like to say, it keeps you young. Well, it really does, because you're always engaged and you have to kind of learn the language. What's the latest? Um, what's some of the jargon that's being stated? And, and I'll ask the question because I'm curious. Well, what does that mean? You know, or, or how does that do I have to look it up to determine what direction you're going? So, um, yeah, it, it keeps you young and it also keeps you engaged. Right. And being curious 
is uh, it's a beautiful asset and it's a beautiful way to approach the world. And the opposite of being curious is judging, right? Being yes. judgmental. Yes. And so if I think we often judge too quickly and too soon because we weren't curious enough to ask more questions, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, totally. Um, so I have a really kind of strange question. Okay. That we have not discussed before. Okay. <laughs> in our prep get this camera right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? It's actually kind of specific about the FAA. What can oh. you share with us about the rise of drones and how so many people are now flying drones and you know of course the faa is keeping up with regulations to make it safe mm -hmm. and also make it safe for aircraft can you just speak to that a little bit i'd be honored to speak on it and i would just say that there's so many resources in and guidance available on the faa website about mm -hmm. drones but yeah drones have been around for quite some time believe it or not and you're right, it's the new facet of what's happening and it's the new technology and, and we're seeing it before our eyes. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm going to date myself a little bit, but it reminds me of my Jetsons, right? All the technology that was going on and all the things because I was really, I didn't even realize how intrigued I was in, in that cartoon being real. Well, everything is real now and it's happening and so I said, oh, somebody needs to bring the Jetsons back on just to do yes. the parody of what somebody's vision was back then to where we are today. But drones, the, the evolution of drones, the safety aspects of it, because it really is a safety issue and, and flying it because, you know, we have the laser issue before. And now they've actually have invented some glasses or goggles that pilots may be able to wear to prevent the laser issue, but it, it isn't something that's foolproof at this point. Oh, um, yeah. But drones, yeah, it, you have to do something because people are always adventurous. I'm going to use that word. They're adventurous and they want to see how far they can take it. Well, in the drone world, you have limitations, but you still have people that are going to be curious and try to do something a little bit different that is out of the norm. But to get your license, to have your drone license is one of the greatest accomplishments that anyone can do right now. I, mm -hmm. I encourage people to look into it and just see because it's something very adventurous. As a, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine, she's officially certified as a drone uh, flyer, if you mind. And um, it, it's, one, it's one of her greatest accomplishments. So she's yeah. really excited. Yes, that's great. I, I just um, I'll mention a quick shout out to um, my friend Jason Sansusi, who has launched a company to train neurodiverse people how to become drone pilots. Yes. And help them get their license and then place them into work. It's similar to the mission of the um, Blind Institute of Technology, mm -hmm. where they're training a certain population of people that right. don't typically, you know, they're considered um, different. Mm -hmm. And but helping them get these jobs and literally taking them all the way through to job placement. Um, and that's called neurodiversity works. Um, yeah. org. Yeah. So I yeah. just thought I'd mention that it's really fantastic. My son is actually in that program. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, and it is exciting to know that, you know, to, to be able to be involved with something that's so timely and so cutting edge mm -hmm. and that's providing different opportunities for employment, you know, 
Absolutely. Um, as opposed Absolutely. to becoming a pilot of an airline, which is a completely different job path, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's just really exciting. So I wanted to ask about that. And I love that you mentioned the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> well, dating myself, but I no, also want to mention. I um, love that show. Yeah. I also want to mention the Silver Air Patrol and uh, CAP. And I'm actually on the board of trustees for the Civil Air Patrol as well. Something else that I do, but um, what they are offering in our communities, in our nation, in learning about drones and learning about flying and aviation. It is just a phenomenal organization as well. So I just want to mention them. Um, Great. Also. So thank Great. you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, Let's see, is there anything else? Um, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit here because these things keep occurring to me. Is there anything else that you want to share about your life story that, um, that you know, has kind of helped you become who you are? Oh, my life story. Um, well, I think the greatest thing right now is that I'm a grandparent. So I, I don't know if I can even go back further, but <laughs> my, my life story, um, it evolves around a single mom and living in Denver, moving from Texas when I was eight years old and being here in Colorado, being raised here, being blessed here. I think it's a wonderful place to be raised. And um, I don't see any different now, although both of my kids are out of state. They, they got out immediately, um, but that's OK. Uh, I, I've been in aviation since I was 21 and uh, went into management when I was 24 and I've been managing others for quite some time. But the beautiful part about what I've been doing is um, I really have found my passion and my love and that is working with people, but also aviation aerospace, her many voices, um, civil air patrol, just different involvement in, in creating opportunities for others. That, that's yeah. what it's really about. And I call myself a connector. I like to bring people together and in yeah. whatever their thoughts and ideas are. Yeah. You know, it's, we need each other, right? Yes, we like, do. As, and that's okay. Um, it's okay to need each other and, and to have this um, openness and wanting to help other people, I think is really beautiful. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, I know that I have been very inspired by a story. I don't know if you know about this, but I'll just mention it. Um, at the end of the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. at the end of the Vietnam War was Operation Babylift, where yes. our Air Force flew out over 3,000 infants to be adopted. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, you know about that story? Yes, in Vietnam, from Vietnam, yes. Yes, yes. yes. It's such a beautiful story. And um, we published a book about that called Angels Flying Out of Hell um, oh. on the 40th anniversary of the event, which was in uh, 2015. That's when okay. we published the book. And um, we spoke, my, the author spoke with 25 first person people who were there. We have mm -hmm. 25 first person interviews in the book. And the most inspiring was these, you know, there was, um, I don't know, very first plane that mm -hmm. took off, that was um, flown by, that President Ford authorized, um, actually crashed mm. and in, landed in a rice paddy. So they were up to their waists in water and there was a huge rescue and a lot of people did die. Mm -hmm. um, about 300 people died and mostly children. And then about 300 were saved um, that mm -hmm. were in the top half of the airplane, but the flight attendants and 
all, I'm sorry, they're all Air Force personnel, but they saved all of those mm -hmm. people. And it's just such an incredible story. And then they, after they continued, they didn't stop with the baby lift. They continued and they, they, they flew out so many orphans that would not have survived otherwise. Um, mm -hmm because things were so difficult. You know, we were losing that war, basically. You're not supposed to say that out loud, are you? Well, no. <laughs> no, you're not. But go ahead, Myrna. It's okay. But anyway, I, it's, I, um, it's one of those stories that makes me appreciate the entire industry, the airline yes. industry, and, mm -hmm. and the people who are making everything happen, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a... Again, it's it's so futuristic and the industry with aviation and aerospace, we haven't even touched the surface yet. I mean, as we can see with our space ventures that everyone, uh, fortunate people, I guess, are being selected to go on journeys that many of us may or may not be able to do. But I know that there's others who say that, you know, they're wasting energy or they're wasting time or there's a lot of waste involved in it. But I think if we don't explore, if we're not able to dream and visualize the future, then where are we going to be? We have to stay competitive in our thoughts and ideas. We have to be innovative and creative in, in providing those opportunities. I don't ever want to visualize a plane crashing again. I, I really don't. I've been there. I've been through it quite often. And um, or experiencing something like 9-11, um, it, it will stay with me forever. But we still have to move forward. And, and that's probably one of my greatest models is, is continue to move forward, even with my mentees, you know, because we get stuck and yeah, we can't yeah. be stuck in, in our thought process. And so um, that story, I, I can't wait to read about it. I've heard about it but I didn't know that you had published something associated with it. And I have a dear friend that's a pilot that retired uh, from United and he's a POW. His name is Tony Marshall. And Tony um, actually adopted a young lady from uh, Vietnam. So, and, and him being a POW, that, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. And it's, uh, but he's, he's a fabulous individual. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's, it's so inspiring. As you were talking about what's happening with space, I think that, you know, yeah, there is the argument that of the, the billionaires space club and only the billionaires can go. But the truth is space, space is hard, right? Yeah. It's hard yeah. to launch a, a rocket. Yes, it's, it, it does take that kind of money. And what they're doing is making it available to citizens now. So more and more people can you know, yes, you have to pay the money, but you can, yeah. and but you can go to space. There's also an organization, um, Space for Humanity, where mm -hmm. anyone can apply to go to space, and they'll pay for you to go. Mm -hmm. um, so there's other opportunities as well. And what I love about that is, you know, it's it's definitely the inspiration of of what's up there and and all of that. But I love looking the idea of looking back at the Earth. Yes. And then, appreciating what we have you know it's called the overview effect and yes. it literally changes our consciousness to see the oneness of it you don't see national boundaries like a map mm -mm. right absolutely earth from space it's so incredibly beautiful and just last week um you know william shatner just went up to space pretty recently yep. and mm -hmm. it's been in the news a lot right and mm -hmm. there's 
little news clips are they're very misleading. Um, you know, he, one of them is that it, he's, it made him sad. Um, and mm -hmm. he, you know, that kind of thing, but his point mm -hmm. was the same as most of the astronauts, which is seeing the entire earth like that and the beauty of it is and appreciating it and being inspired by it. And I, his sadness was really only around that. We, that we're not taking care of the planet like should. And that was what he was talking about. He wasn't, you know, it was really actually the same point as most of the astronauts. Yeah. And I think he, um, not just him, but I, I've listened to some of the others that have gone up and what they've experienced. And of course it's life changing. But when I think about even just flying um, and you're looking over the earth, it, it's, it's, a, it's so surreal because we have that opportunity to see something from above where we are. We, we are in the clouds, we're, we're there. And even if it's a cloudy day, you know that the sun is shining above the clouds. And so you, it's, it's all a perspective. It's all the way we look at it. And I think if more people had that opportunity to look at it from that perspective, then maybe we would be more open to talking and to, not be judgmental in, in those things, right? So and it's just, but it's creating the opportunity though. That's my issue. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so true. I love that. I agree that changing our, like it's all about our perspective for everything in life, right? Mm -hmm. Everything. Yes. And if everything. we can shift it, then we yeah. get a better view, a different that's view. And to me, it's yeah. like expanding it back. The, the The overview effect is a good example because the whole point is when you can zoom out, mm -hmm. see the whole picture of whatever it is mm -hmm. or more mm -hmm. of the picture, that's yeah. when you have these shifts in consciousness. And I actually draw the parallel to my trip around the world. When I was traveling around the world for a year by mm -hmm. myself many years ago, I came back fundamentally changed, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I had just experienced so much, so many, you know, people of of, of all over the world. I have friends of yes. every race, religion, creed, you know, and yes. and appreciating different cultures and realizing that guess what, where I live is not the center of the universe. It isn't. It it's is not. Such an important lesson, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's similar to that, where the change in perspective caused me to um, expand and grow you know, and really become yeah. a different person. Well, I think also um, the opportunity that I've had in flying or being in aviation has afforded me something that I probably would have never, ever seen or do because I've had that same experience. I didn't get to do it all at one time, but I've done it everywhere. And there's still places that I want to go. So I'm really excited about having that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, travel's a great way to ex grow and expand our, get out of our comfort zone. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now that we can again. Yeah. So you've had a history of creating opportunities, mm -hmm. you know, for yourself and others. So what's your secret to forging these um, important and not so easily seen at times path? How do you forge that path? Um, I, Wow. Okay. So I just do. I don't, I don't see it as, um, again, my space as being a connector. I, I just try to make it happen. Again, it goes back to the listening of what someone needs 
And then how do we take that opportunity and present it in the network that I have or even outside of that net network to make opportunities occur? So I think it, it, it isn't easy to say that opportunities just happen. They, you have to make some things happen, but you have to also realize when the opportunity is there. Right. So again, it, it's about how you, um, I let, see, I'm so stuck on that visual that you had of the, the view, because I wanted to go back to that and say, you know, that's about leadership. Again, you know, it, 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 it's a parallel of everything that we do in that you have to look at things from a higher level. And we would mm -hmm. say that 30,000 foot level, right? right? But you have to do that. And, and the same thing applies to that question you just asked. Opportunities do occur, but sometimes we don't realize we're in an opportunity. So we have to be open-minded to um, allow things to work and, and let that connections occur. So I yeah. hope that answered the question, you know. Yeah. Um, and what I'm, what I'm hearing from you as well is this, it's really just who you are, right? True. It's, yes. It's yes. who you are. And so it's not a conscious thing even. It's it's just like how you've always lived your life. Right. And, and also it's about, <laughs> I, I go back to the students that we just met Saturday. They have a need. They're doing something. So what is the opportunity that I can create for them? What can I do to help them? If there is something I can do, but if I can, is there somebody I can connect them with? Is there mm -hmm. something that provides them a, a, a step forward? That's the way I look at all of it anytime. Yeah. And again, that makes such a huge difference to them. You know, even yes. something small to us makes it can make exactly. a very large difference to them. And it's, yeah. it, again, it's listening and, and it's following up and following through. Again, we all talk. But are you action oriented? And that's what's and, important is your actions. And doing what you say you're going to do, right? Absolutely. Be Absolutely. your word, as they Be say. Be your word, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yes. it's important. So I love this phrase that we talked about before. And um, tell me about you being fiercely independent. I love that. <laughs> I'm the same way, you know, and it comes with good and bad parts, I think, is at least in my life. But tell me about that. Well, it, it's... I, it's so funny when I said that, I didn't even realize that I was saying it, but I am. I, and I know my husband would definitely agree with me. Um, I've always been independent. I have always had my own thoughts, ideas, although I felt I had to follow the norm. And I, you know, I think about my son because he's never followed the norm. So I wonder where he gets that from. But um it is important to be able to believe in yourself and, and understand that this is one opportunity, this second, this moment, this, this present moment that we're in is the greatest gift that we have. So I, I don't want to be dependent on anyone else. I don't want to rely on something else to move me forward, to move me to the next space. But I have people, though, in my life that help me to move forward because they listen or they're supported. But I know that I'm independent enough to make my own decisions. That's where I'm talking about. You right. know, that's where I say fiercely independent. Yeah. And we, it's not that we're a rare breed, but we do know that what we want, we go after, or we try to figure it out. 
And, um, but you need good sound advice or advisors to help you on that journey. And so I'm willing to step back and listen, you know, because that's, what's important also. So that's all connected. Yeah. And there's, there's courage tied up in that. Uh, Oh, yes. You know, uh, being willing to take a risk, you know, life is a risk. You got to be willing to take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's great. So I saw that you attended the Leading Ladies of Aerospace Global Summit in uh, recently, very recently. Yes. Um, yeah. what, how was that? What was that like for you? Fiona McKay is one of the greatest women that I have met. She has had um, some real experiences that she has turned into the greatest thing that's, that she's doing right now is helping other women especially in the aerospace industry and aviation, move through a male-dominated field. And what she talks about is our our fierce independence, as well as um, creating opportunities, but also helping us have a voice and helping us in this industry, especially on the defense side in aerospace. So Fiona created Leading Ladies, and it has, she's done it the last three years. I was one of her uh, guest speakers when I was um, the chair of OBAP, and we have been friends ever since. I'm actually uh, part of her advisory, and I love being a part of it because it's behind the scenes, and it allows us to uh, work with her and move her in the the space that she's going to be, she's she's going to continue to do great things. And uh, thank you for even mentioning uh, Fiona and leading ladies, because again, I'm just so proud of where she is and what she's doing for this whole industry. That's great. Thank you. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's awesome. Also, yeah. um, you created um, something else called Courageous Conversations, right? Right, I did. That was during right at the onset of the pandemic and after the George Floyd um, situation, and I call it situation because I don't even want to say what occurred, but it, it's a reality and it's still here. It, it's still here. So let's not forget that. But um, yeah, as Chair of OBAP, my, I wanted to have a conversation. And I said it was going to be initially with other affinity groups that are experiencing, and let's just talk about racism. Let's just talk about, you know, I won't say police brutality but the enforcement of how our police have changed from where they were. Because uh, I remember back in the day, we were really scared of them, but they talked to us. They, they had conversations. So we were able to communicate. Whereas today, I, I, it's so militaristic. And you, then you look at where they get their equipment from now and the it's just different. So, but I wanted to have that conversation. And as it turns out, it was one of the best things that ever happened. Um, We wind up having five different series on it, bringing in industry leaders, as well as other affinity groups, the military, and just having a conversation about the current state. And at that time, of course, it was just George Floyd and and how we are um, moving through this space. And it was a difficult conversation for many because people didn't know how to have the talk. They didn't know. And, and it, well, they would say, how can I support you? Well, it isn't supporting me. It's just talking about 
what's happening in our world. It yeah. is real. You know, it, this this has been going on for years. It, yeah. And this just happened because a video was there to create, again, the opportunity. And if right. it wasn't because of that video, we still would have not known. And so now it's video everywhere, right? And we've got names for it. We have all these things, but yeah. it doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change what's happening right now as far as us not being able to communicate and work with police and, and the brutality that exists, not just for minorities. It's it's everybody, I believe. Well, but it's it's worse for certain populations, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, no, no, there's no question about that. I, I'm not. Gets, yeah. yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. And it gets back into the psychology of the other, right, of seeing someone and thinking Correct. they're different. And therefore, we we are. That's how our minds work. Mm -hmm. Um unfortunately, but then the more training you have, the more, like we said, bigger perspective, friends of every race, religion, and creed, right? Those mm -hmm. things really do change the way that your psychology works. And it does, yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. We're, we're, we tend to be still surrounded by like people who are, look like us and who generally are like us, and it, but it's to our detriment, I think, as a society. Absolutely. But I think also that when you, and you know, again, it's another phrase, but when you see something, say something. We can't keep walking by and not say something. You know, if, if you see somebody that's talking to someone like they're crazy, it isn't a video moment. It's in a moment for you to step in and say, hey, what's going on? You know, but we're afraid now because people are very different. Things, mm -hmm. things are just different right now, but we have to speak up. We have to be advocates for ourselves and for others. Mm -hmm, definitely. I have a lot more awareness around, uh, well, white, white privilege, I suppose, is what yes. it is, right? Like before yes. all of this last few years, I just didn't really even think about it. Sure. And um, now I'm noticing the times when I'm in a situation, Aaron, I know if I were a black woman, <laughs> it would be a different situation or a black man or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and well, let, me, let me tell you something very relevant. And you talk about the white privilege. So I, I'm, I won't name the store, but I was in a store Saturday and I had just come back from yoga. And so a uh, hot yoga, as a matter of fact. So I was a hot mess. My hair was all over. I had been sweaty, <laughs> but I was on a mission because I was looking for some shoes. And so I go into the store and um, I know that I wasn't in the greatest presentation, if you mind. But I actually found two people following me. That was Saturday. And oh that's goodness. here That's here in Colorado. Meaning so, to make sure you weren't stealing something. Absolutely. And I didn't even have a bag big enough to steal anything, but I guess people have different ways. But it's just, it's, do you know what that's like? Do you know what that really feels like? No, you don't. You don't. This has been going on all of my life. If you don't look like it, you know, it's 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 that. And, and I had someone even ask me, well, is that your perception? I said, baby, this isn't a perception. This is a reality. Yeah, it's a reality. And, and so I if I can help. talk about this at 68 or 67, don't, ooh, don't let me give my age. It'll come up soon enough. But 67 <laughs> and I'm in a store, 
and I know two people are following me, that is the real world. That's the real and, world. And that your life experience is that that's happened to you your whole life. Correct. I, 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 and I have no way of understanding that really, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's really uh, important for me to think about that and realize that. Um, but that's and, the opportunity we have to talk about it. And you said, wow, I haven't experienced that. Well, come with me sometimes. Maybe it may be a little bit different, but yeah. even just step back and watch it, it's, it's so it's disheartening, but that's why we have organizations like Her Many Voices to have the voice for those that can't speak and, right. and to do the things that we need to do to help people to overcome all of this. Um, I wanted, I, the first thing that came to my mind was this prejudice, but I just think sometimes it's also um, not willing to change and we have to make change important and relevant, but that's why we have to speak up. We yeah. need more advocates like you and others to say what's happening. Yeah, definitely. And we have a comment here. We are, and this is why we are so, so grateful for leadership like you, Vanessa. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely um, need more awareness. Um, by a lot, by everyone, you know, right. it's, it's important. If you don't mind, we're on the topic and it's a really important topic. Um, okay. Can you share with me? I mean, I, uh, I, you know, there's so many phrases that are almost taboo because they, they mean things, but they don't mean things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and people have visceral reactions, but I, as you said, we need to talk about these things, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Will you share with me your thoughts on critical race theory? Well, yes, I will. My thought on critical race theory is what the hell is it? And where did it come from? And why did all of a sudden this become a even a topic? How do we not learn about different um, thoughts, ideas of, of, of the history of ancestors and education of the civil rights movement and people? And I once again say, you know, it's 1968. This wasn't 200 years ago. You know, right. it, it, it's recent. It is something that, and now we're still in the position of fighting for our right to vote, fighting for gerrymandering and understanding that they're taking away our districts. And if people don't realize what's happening, then um, we have some serious, serious concerns. So critical race theory, I know that it is, it is a term that has been adopted and used uh, to make our, our issues, I believe, an opportunity to be debatable. And that, uh, what I mean by that is you use a term and it becomes the term of the day and now we can use it in our debates to say that you are, we can't teach our children how to, uh, we don't want them to feel guilty about the past, or we don't want them to learn about these things. Well, the guilt starts at home. It isn't about what's in a book. 
if they're curious, again, if we're curious about each other, and if we would open our hearts and open our minds to being curious, then we can figure this thing out. But critical race theory is something, I, I, I'm not going to go on the academia side of it because I'm not an expert in it, but I can tell you that it's used as a weapon and it is unfortunate that we are even here and even having to mention this now. And it's, it's disheartening for me to know that there are certain books that are being banned in our nation that they can't, the kids can't read about. Um, first, we got to get kids to read. Yeah. You know? And if we get them to read, so maybe it is about something that's a little controversial for them. Well, you know? and it's the truth matters, right? The truth yeah. matters. Yeah. And to not allow certain things to be taught right. is, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I do think there's age appropriate things, you know? Absolutely. Depending on yeah. how, how old the child is. And then it's also somewhat control. It's about yes. control, controlling the narrative. Yes. Right? Whoever owns yes. the narrative has a lot of power. Exactly. Um, so it's control and power as well. I will read this definition here just so we have it on here. It's critical race okay. theory is a cross-disciplinary cross examination by social and civil rights scholars and activists to explore how laws, social and political movements, and media shape and are shaped by social conceptions of race and ethnicity. And that's mm -hmm. sort of an official academic definition. Um, and in reality, these things are always a little bit different, right? Yes. And I, I appreciate that definition of it. And um, again, it, it's not one that I feel um, I feel I am not necessarily equipped to talk about it from, uh, again, the scholarly scholar perspective. But I am you know, I know what it means in our schools and I know what it means in, in people turning what it's supposed to be and and turning it into something again, like, as I said before, as a weapon to use, to make changes that are not beneficial, I believe for a world that is so different than, than what we have right now, you know? And it, the numbers are going to take care of itself. You can only have so much control and people are going to grow and they're going to learn no matter what, it doesn't matter. They're going to learn. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you said the word disheartening a few times. And I, I think it's, mm -hmm. I agree with you because, you know, I was, where we've been talking about race issues, of course. Um, mm -hmm. And when I was in college, I also studied women's studies and I mm -hmm. kind of, I was such an optimist around women are, you know, we're going to, we are almost equal in our society. We are almost at equal pay. We are almost there. Of course, this is many, many years ago. Yeah, of course, of course. But, but guess, you know, we're not. No. We're still not even Never have been. Mm -hmm. Equal pay. And so I think that, you know, the reality is on both issues, women's rights and, you know, race relations. And I mean, we're not there. We're, we have so far to go. And in this case, maybe in both cases, I don't even know about the women's rights part, but certainly with race relations and the things we've been talking about, um, critical race theory and police issues this we it's gone backwards it's yes. gone the wrong way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you then, know and the, the only thing that i can um really add to that is 
although we know it is going the wrong way, again, we have to be the advocates. We must be the advocates to speak up and speak our minds and continue to advocate for others. Um, I, I use that word kind of loosely too, but I, I really mean it in, with all my heart that advocacy is just as important as mentoring because in, in a way, advocacy is mentoring too. Um, mm -hmm. But it's important that we, we stand up for those who may not have a voice and that we do understand that um, things may not be great right now, but we have to figure out a way to make it better. Uh, I'm, I am disheartened by um, our political situation right now. Um, I, I don't know what the outcome's going to be or the changes, but by allowing a certain administration to come in and shake things up, shake our nation like what's never been shaken before. And, and people are bold now to say and to do certain things. Well, it's always been there. It's always been there. So this isn't something new, just someone gave permission for you to speak up and speak out. Well, if you can speak up and speak out, then so can I. And it isn't, but we have to be in the space of being able to listen to each other and learn from each other. But as women, our equal rights, what, what? No, it, it was still back in the, the 50s yeah. and the 60s. And, and it is getting worse too, I just remembered. <laughs> Absolutely, please, it, it is. is. I remember, I used to work in HR and I remember having happened to look at my pay versus my male colleagues pay. And I was, well, what the heck is this? And I didn't even, and I, it came, I wasn't looking for it. It happened to just come across because we were looking at salaries. And mm -hmm. when I realized, and I went to my boss to talk about it, he had no, well, you know, when you came in, you didn't have the experience. Excuse me, this office was being stood up. No one had the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And this, this was back in my airline days. Um, yeah. But it was so interesting that I didn't realize that my, I knew my pay wasn't the same, but I didn't have the awareness that this was a national global thing. And then now we're finally saying, okay, equal rights, equal pay. Oh my gosh. Well, long way to go for that. We've got so far to go. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I think that once you know something, at least you and I are this kind of people, right? Once we know something, you have to do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a responsibility. I help my mentees ask for the raises and be bold and, and not, um, and it's, again, it's not being afraid, but knowing when to ask and how to ask and knowing that the time and then when they're, pre they're presenting their individual uh, development plans and that IDP and making sure that they are putting in salary and things of this nature. So it's strategic, but it's yeah. important that they know that because many young ladies, they have no idea. Yeah. You know, we're so happy to graduate from college and get that job. Yeah. Right? Well, stand yeah. up for your rights early. Definitely. Um, and how would they, how would they know? Right? No. Who's telling yeah. them? Who's teaching them? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a comment here. It's a real challenge to bring people together when we can't talk about the facts, the actual facts, right? 
I, I just feel like I'm saying constantly the truth matters. I feel like I'm saying it all the time now, you know? Exactly. Um, and there's this um, divisiveness. The whole the whole society is divided on all these other issues. And it's um, we I really love that we we need to bring people together, right? There needs to be a, this concerted effort like we're doing here and lots of other places and, and organizations. But it's so important to realize that we as humanity are underlying, we are all the same, you know, we, I love this. I'm getting so, such in so much more involved in the diversity inclusion world. Mm -hmm. um, Carol Carter, who is the founder yes. of Global Minded is yes. just amazing. She has mm -hmm. kind of pulled me in, in the past year or so. And mm -hmm. I couldn't be more grateful because it's, it's making me a better person, right? Mm -hmm. I literally, I mean, I, my son is, as you know, adopted from South Korea. Yes. And he also is autistic. And yes. so I've certainly had this view of the world, you know, that different mm -hmm. is not bad mm -hmm. for many years. Mm -hmm. But I'm now really, it's just really sinking in at a deeper level. And it's just so important to realize this underlying thing. In fact, the first place I really learned that was during my trip around the world. When mm -hmm. I met people from all over the world, I thought I realized, oh, my gosh, they're not different from me, actually. No, right? We no, all want no. we want enough food to eat and feed our mm -hmm. families. We want security. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we want um, you know, the same things, basically. Yeah, it's no different. So, it's no different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we and uh, we actually um, we have about six minutes left. Oh, please, we do. Please, okay. If anyone has comments or questions, please type them in the chat, and we would love to. Uh, pass those along. Have Vanessa answer them. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I should have said that sooner. I'm sorry. I. <laughs> <laughs> it's I okay. Was just we were so engaged. Well, we've been engaged, and I appreciate that because you know it's from the heart. Um, I, I did want to say that um, it is important when we look at the worldview, as you were talking about, just being more open and understanding where we are. But that worldview, it, it is so small when you think about it, because we all do really want the same things. And that's why we have to be more aware and conscious of those things, those needs. And knowing that first you got to take care of yourself, then we can take care of others. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is my belief that it's always a higher power, higher being, and that helps us in this journey. So I am very um, spiritual. And I'm growing in that journey as well. So I know that whatever God has planned for me, it will happen. And that's my journey. This is part of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. And that I know before we also talked about, I'll read that here in a sec, before we okay. also talked about self-love, the idea that all of us have insecurities, all of us okay. have self-esteem on at a different levels, right? And that as we yes. grow and mature and invest in ourselves and maybe becoming more spiritual has something to do with that too, right? And believing in yeah. a higher power, possibly, um, yes. is true for me as well, that we are able to truly love ourselves mm -hmm. in a different way that makes us, uh, as you said, that's taking care of ourselves, mm -hmm. right? It's a foundational element that before we get there, it's hard to do more for others. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you have that airline joke about put on, put your mask on first? <laughs> Put your oxygen well, mask and it's, it, but it's so real because it's you cannot, 
help. You cannot help the person, your child or anyone sitting next to you until you take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's very real. It's very, very good. Good analogy. Always a good analogy. Absolutely. Yeah. And Aisela has said, if you you want to put that back up, she said, I'm constantly inspired by what Vanessa brings to the conversation and the work. And Aisela works with you with her many voices as well. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, Aisla. She does a great job. She's She's our strategist and she is doing a fantastic job too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, is there anything we didn't cover? You know, sometimes we just, we have a wonderful talk and then there's something big that I missed. I don't know. Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to share? You know, I'm sitting thinking, no, I I just know that we have a lot of work to do and I look forward to working with you more and uh, getting to know you more. Um, I'm so excited about her many voices and the journey that we're on. Uh, Licia has um, a lot of vision and some work that's being done in the hemp business. And I know it's going to be successful because she's about uh, creating that sustainable environment and helping others, especially her work in Haiti and, and all over. So, mm-hmm. I'm, and here we are again talking about Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's amazing. And now we've Puerto Rico and other places. We just have, we have so much work to do. And I think that um, uh, by great leaders, we will make it occur. Not not just leaders, but the doers also Mm -hmm. to support. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about the future and I'm excited about being a grandmother. So that's wonderful. And it comes back to the heart, doesn't it? It comes back. Yes, it does. Everything. Everything starts with the heart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that I even just mentioned my son in there somewhere. You know, his name is. Yeah, right. It's going to be there, no matter what. That's who we are. And we own it. Definitely. So thank you so much, Vanessa. I really enjoyed this. I hope everyone enjoys listening. I'm sure they will. And um, and, and that they're going to be inspired by you and your story as well. Um, Here's your your LinkedIn link um, with your background there. And um, so... We're on for a minute. Uh, we'll we'll close our show. We're exactly on time. And okay. thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. We will sing a song. Let us empower.